Hey, y'all. This is Gretchen from Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts, but make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Coming up on episode 44 of Podcast PD, we discuss how exactly we make this podcast. We pull back the curtain on the tools, workflow, planning, and more. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you will have more fun with Chris Nessie, AJ Bianco, and me, Stacey Lindis. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast PD. My name is Chris Nessie, and I'd like to welcome in my two co-hosts, as always, on a chilly Sunday night here in New Jersey, Stacey Lindis and AJ Bianco. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing all right, Chris. Um, I didn't even realize it got chilly today. I have been inside since about two o'clock. Is it chilly out there? I would say it's brisk, but it is downright cold out there. We went out to dinner this evening and I would have preferred to have worn shorts, but I actually did throw on sweatpants to go out to dinner. I will say earlier today, it was definitely a shorts kind of weather. Now it's 17 degrees, so I got you. It's chilly. It, it, yeah, ha he ha chew, chili willy, and all that stuff. <laughs> AJ, how are you doing, my friend? It is cold. No, today was today was a uh, a nice day, a predicted snowy day, and that missed the mark on, on our end. And then uh, all of a sudden, the weather dropped to like ten, and it's really windy. Chris, how's it going with you? It's going well. In the last couple of weeks, we uh, put the new roof on the house of EdTech. And uh, spent the last three days having, just by chance, we also got our heating and air conditioning replaced. So it has been a fun few days. By chance or by necessity? Uh, by necessity. We recently, in the uh, in the fall, changed our thermostat to the Nest. Ah. And all of a sudden, middle of last week, just after the roof was done, started getting some error messages on it. So we had looked up the error messages and normally that's something I could like fix, but it involved the wiring that goes under the house and to the unit. So we called in a professional and he came, he checked it out and he said he would have loved to have given us a clean bill of health, but he said, your unit is over 25 years old. So I'd recommend replacing it. So just a little bit more money out the door, but to heat my home, it's worth it. It's only money, right? It's only money. <laughs> it's only, you know, warmth. One of those necessities, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Especially as the temperatures drop. Yeah. And, and as we record this on a not as expensive note, the spring semester starts at Rutgers on January 22nd, which will be in the past of when you're hearing this, those of you who are listening. So back to the grind of teaching five days a week and teaching three classes two days a week at Rutgers. But I love every minute. It's going to be great. It's going to be great when I'm sitting here in a couple of weeks and I'm looking like a zombie recording with you guys on a Sunday. Well, the good thing is I'm looking at the show notes, so I don't see what you look like tonight. Oh, there you go. So speaking of our show notes, this is something that I could talk about endlessly. And as we mentioned in our last episode, we're going to be giving throughout this year in 2019 our take on podcasting because people want to do that for themselves. They want to create podcasts for their passions. They want to be teaching with podcasts. They want to get their students creating a podcast. So we're going to take a little time in this episode, and really that translates to the whole episode. We're going to pull back the curtain, as Stacy said at the top. We're going to let you know what we do to make Podcast PD happen. And you might be able to take some things that we share with you and apply them to a podcast that you either already do, want to do, or something you may want to pass on to your students who might be creating podcast content. According to our 
fabulous show notes document, which we do in Google Docs that we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about planning and preparation, how we record the podcast, how we edit it, how we share it, and how we promote it. Now, there can certainly be a lot more that goes into creating a podcast, but I think these are five things that we can talk about that we do really well that you might be able to quickly turn key for yourself or to your students who might be creating this type of content. So Stacy, where would you like to start? I guess most of our shows start with the planning and prep work for podcasting. And for me, it usually starts with a side conversation, either through um, Google Hangouts, we chat there, or through Voxer, where we get to hear each other's voices just kind of share our thoughts for what's coming up, ideas we have, guests we'd like to have on, topics we'd like to discuss and explore, things like that. Right. So all the episodes that we've done, the previous episodes, all 43 of them, none of them really happened by accident. We never at any point just turn on our microphones and start yapping and record it and hope we get lucky. So everything that we do, we do intentionally. Whether it's a topic, we start with a title. And most of them, like you said, it starts with a conversation and certainly Voxer and Google Hangout chat make it easy for us not working in the same district or living near each other to make that planning possible. So those are really beneficial to us. I completely agree. I think that's one of the biggest things. I think the planning starts, you know, weeks beforehand. So, you know, of course, if you're doing a podcast on, on the fly and you got something you want to talk about, it's like a blog, make it happen. But, uh, the planning period, I think, is is a a, a great a great part of, of preparing your your podcast because without the planning, you're going to come up there and sound like I just did and say, okay, so now what am I saying? So always have <laughs> some kind of some kind of prep work done and and feel about and feel good about what you're going to bring because then if you don't feel good about it, you're not going to want to send it out there. If you're not sending it out there, what's the point of recording your podcast? Now, granted, there are some people who. They, they can record their podcast and put little effort otherwise into it. Now, some people do that and it's effective. A little bit of planning can certainly go a long way to making the content organized and then ultimately sounding as professional as possible. And that's ultimately what we want. We want you, the listener, to have a good experience. And we make this show each episode with you in mind. That's why we you know solicit feedback. We have conversations in advance about what we'd like to talk about. Sometimes that inspiration for me can come from conferences I've attended or articles I've read or other podcasts that I've listened to. Where do you guys get inspired from when you guys bring topics to the table? Uh, for me, it's a, it's you know about some of the things that are happening within the school year. I know when we did our back to school night episode, it was around back to school night time. Um, there are a couple other things that we will be discussing later this year that will pop up just in time for it to become relevant in your own classroom. Sometimes it's work that I'm doing in my district or work that I'm doing for my district. And that becomes a podcast episode or something we talk about, or sometimes I'm just totally curious about something that you guys are doing. And that's how our episode about HyperDocs came to be. And now that I've presented on HyperDocs quite a few times in and outside of my district, I feel like if we redid that, I'd have a completely different lens on how to participate in that conversation and even ask you guys questions about how you use them. But yeah, all of it just stems from interest in what's actually happening. How about you, AJ? Uh, I, I think it's the same thing. I think it's it's something I'm I'm interested in, when it's something I want to learn more about. If it's something I hear in another podcast uh, or just ideas that I want to improve on my own, you know, I think I, I try to try to go the distance with everything and and, and bring to the table. Maybe you guys are an expert. Maybe we can find an expert. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think everything is out there, you know, being so connected on social media. I think there's so many things that I see and that we see that's, you know, intriguing to us and we want to know about, but you know, we're not experts. You know, I don't consider myself an expert in anything. So even the things that I do present on, I want to learn more about. So this is a great place to start. Even just by us talking about some of the things that we've talked about, we ourselves are learning whether it's the guests we've had on or just from us kind of roundtabling like this, we're, we're all learning something. 
that's the point, right? That's 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 the podcast for. It's our it's our uh, it's our PD. It's our development, and we want to continue to learn. And we try and keep it edutaining. That was a good one. I like that. I like that. <laughs> what in the hell did you just say? Wow, <laughs> there it is. The other part that we need to talk about is what you do in the background by creating our show notes for us each week, kind of helping to create the outline that helps us have a conversation. And while our podcast isn't scripted, it is certainly outlined and you do a great job with the outline um, in the background. And we're all set for it each night when we record and it helps our conversation flow a little more naturally than if we were just kind of pulling things out of thin air. It's not scripted by any means, but it's certainly a very well-structured outline that helps guide the conversation. Now, to speak to that, there are some things we do in this show that I would recommend to anybody, and there are things I do myself that certainly are scripted. You know, For example, the introduction and the outro that gets played in every episode of Podcast PD, that is something that we recorded one time that we scripted and we crafted it. And you, know, you who's listening, you've heard different variations of the same intro and outro, but we recorded that once. We don't say that every single time. That's why it sounds the same every single time. You know, I do the same thing with House of Ed Tech with the introduction for that show. I don't say the intro every time. And that certainly saves time in terms of creating content. I don't have to think about, and we don't have to think about what's the script? What are we saying? Who's going to say what part this time? We did it. I put together a bunch of different samples and it's done. So that's a time-saving tip that if there's something you can pre-record that you can use every episode, you do that. Whether it's sound effects, drops, your music, you know, that that's something I've done that's kind of sped up my workflow that when I started say with House of, House of Ed Tech, you know, I was sitting down and recording the intro every episode, ducking the music and assembling it from scratch every single time and then I was like, what am I doing? So, out of necessity, did I come up with how to cheat at podcasting? Right. And there are certainly those shows that don't do that. And you kind of, um, based on their, on the content of the show, like there are a couple of like newsy type podcasts that I listen to where that wouldn't necessarily work every single time just because the news of the day or the news of the week or the news for that episode is so timely. So they pretty much start right away or there might be, um, an intro that includes advertising, but even those and some of them are on the spot or pre-recorded, but not necessarily the same every single time. Right. So some, if, if you want to talk advertising for a second, some podcasts, when they do their advertisements, they are what we call host read, where it's not, you're not playing audio of somebody else doing an advertisement or audio commercial. You know, it's the host kind of riffing. Maybe they've got notes and the ad will sound a little different every time. Now, we don't do ads on this show, but something that does change is what we started doing uh, in the fall last year, in 2018, was the little teaser part that you'll hear us do You know, coming up in this episode. We base that on what are we going to talk about in the episode. Sometimes Stacey, AJ, and I will record that before we do the episode, and we kind of do the whole episode live to tape in the order that you hear it. And sometimes we'll do the whole episode, and Stacey, AJ, or myself will go back and we'll record based on what we actually talked about because sometimes we we veer off of the outline and you know plans can change as we record the episode so we want to make sure that what we tease at the top is accurate for what's actually in the show yeah and you can generally tell when that happens because there there's more of a past tense kind of feel for it you know in this episode we had a chance to talk to blah 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 we don't do that very often because our outlines are so well done that we don't veer off topic. And if we do, we try to bring ourselves back. Yeah. And again, the nice thing that we rely on Google Docs to do the outline is that the three of us have access to it. So if you're podcasting with somebody else, you can share that with your co-host. You could even share it with a guest. And I think early on, we used to share the notes with the guest, but then we just kind of got away from that because we could chat in it and Sometimes you want to talk about stuff that you don't want a potential guest to see. Not that you're talking badly about them, but we're having a little back channel between us as hosts that we don't need to bother a guest with that conversation that's happening in the background. Um, I will actually, 
in the show notes for this episode out at podcastpd.com slash 44, I will put a template version of our show notes. So if you'd like to do that, I'll set it up where if you click on it, you can make a copy and you can then tweak the outline that we use to fit your podcast. And I think that would certainly help everybody out. And if it's not in the show notes, it's because AJ forgot to remind me. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Next up in terms of how we put this show together, after we've planned it, the next logical step is my favorite thing about podcasting, and that's actually recording the podcast. So let's pull back the curtain on how we record this thing. Do you guys think it's worth sharing how we used to do it versus how we do it? I would say so, because not everyone's going to start with where we are now. That's true. Okay. So when we started recording this, we simply got onto a Google Hangout, the three of us, and a guest when applicable. And I, on my computer, using a piece of software on Windows called Voice Meter Banana, had the ability to record my voice and also record the audio of Stacy and AJ inside of a Google Hangout. Now, if you're on a Mac or you're on a Windows and you don't have the ability to install this software, or you maybe you go and you say, oh, Chris talked about voice meter banana, and you look at it and you're like, what is this? One, you can email me and I'll be happy to try and help you set that up. Number two, if you simply did a Google Hangout and you did it as YouTube live, as a private live broadcast, you could certainly do that with your co-host or a guest if it's just you. And when you're done with that conversation, that video recording is going to be in your YouTube account, and you could download that video, and you could open the audio from that video in GarageBand or Audacity or another audio editing program. And you could use Google Hangouts on Air, YouTube Live, whatever they're calling it now, to record your podcast. The only downside with that is, and what we found here is that puts everybody basically on the same audio track that makes it difficult to edit the podcast. And there is some editing that goes into what we do here. If you've ever met us in person, I don't sound as great in person as I do when you're listening to me right now, (laughs) but that, that, that comes in, you know, the post-production piece where we now use a method that I'll get into in a second, where I'm on my own audio track, Stacy's on her own, AJ's on his own, and if we had a guest, that person would be on their own, which makes it much easier for me to edit the podcast to eliminate things like crosstalk. If Stacy was going to start talking right now, go ahead, start talking. Right, if I were to start talking but When we're right talking now. at the same time, I would be able to eliminate what Stacy just said, but you don't hear that because I already eliminated it in post-production, or I left it in as an example. I don't know yet. Or at 10 o'clock when my, my clock chimed. Yeah, th- those of you who are listening, you didn't hear Stacy's chimes go off because I made them disappear. Because I wasn't she speaking was her- at the time. Because <laughs> she wasn't speaking, AJ kept a straight face, and we just kept going, and I'll eliminate that after the fact. So how do we do it now? How are we doing this? Well, we've actually changed twice. We used to use a site called Zencaster, which you can use for free, but that's only for two people where it'll record two parties in their browser, and then you could sync up those audio files in your drop in a Dropbox account. And then you could open up those separate audio tracks in Audacity or GarageBand, whatever the case may be. But in order to get three people like we have on a regular basis, we would have need to have paid. And for the longest time, we didn't feel it was worth it to pay. And then I decided, hey, I do all these different shows Let me throw some money at something. So what we use now to record Podcast PD, and I use this on the House of Ed Tech, and I also recommended it, and the guys over at Partial Credit also use it, and it is called Squadcast.fm. Squadcast allows us to video chat with each other. So we're all looking at each other. Well, I'm looking at the two of them. They may not necessarily be looking at me, and Stacey already said she's got the show notes up, so she's not. But hey, I have two monitors, so I have fun. Squadcast does the same thing. It records us in each of our browsers. And as we are recording, it is uploading each of our recordings in real time to Squadcast. And then when we're done and I hit stop, I can download each of the three files because there's three of us. 
I open them up in Audacity, which is my editing program of choice. And then I can do all the individual editing I need to do on each of us. In terms of features, again, Squadcast lets us video chat. So I, I can see them. They can see me. So if they were looking, that would eliminate crosstalk because I, I can, you know, raise my hand or get their attention and, or they could do the same thing to me if they needed to say something and they don't have to jump in and make it more challenging for me to edit. So there's that piece of it. Um, there's also a chat where we could have side conversation within this platform. I can send the link and invite people and they will pop in at any time. So if we had a guest who couldn't come in until say right now at 10, 18 PM, they would pop in and their track would then be in line with all of ours, but that's not how we do the show. We get people in right at the beginning in terms of cost. There is a monthly fee or there's a yearly fee. I opted for the yearly fee, which saved a little money and Squadcast cost $200 per year, which considering I'm using it on multiple podcasts, it is more than worth it because it eliminates the headache of editing after the fact. So that's my thoughts on that. Chris, since you're on a roll, do you want to talk to us about editing and what that looks like? Um, I've tried some editing. It is not my favorite thing to do, which is why I don't think I will ever be an editor of that kind of stuff from video to audio or anything in between. Um, But you seem to love it and you have a really great skill that you have acquired um, for creating really great shows, ours, yours, and a few others, if you want to name drop. I will name drop as I go. Um, But let me just say that editing audio is, I don't know how statistically accurate this is. It's like a million times easier than editing video because when you're editing video, you have to make the video and the audio work together. You know, if I make a funny face right now or something goes weird, all I have to do is worry about the audio and the way I edit, I can remove things. And as long as someone's speech pattern remains relatively the same as they're talking, I can remove things from the text and the final product. You don't know because maybe I can add in a longer pause between words that sound like a pause was taken. Or if the pause is too long, I can tighten up someone's vocabulary so they don't sound like they were stumbling through what they wanted to say. So it's really, I mean, anybody can learn how to do it. It's just a matter of listening to audio and being committed to doing it. So whether it's you or your students, you know, some of your students might have an ear for this already based on, you know, the fact that they listen to music or maybe they've dabbled in, you know, music editing or anything like that. Um, But even if you are a complete novice and you've never edited audio, you know what good audio sounds like. And I'll I'll borrow words from other people. You know, if it sounds good to you, it'll sound good to most everybody else who's going to listen to something. Uh, Again, one of the biggest fears that we've encountered when we talk about podcasting with other people and we've presented is people are afraid of what they sound like. Well, you have to get over that because when you're out and about in the world, People hear you talk. It's just a matter of can you put up with listening to yourself while you edit? And just remember, if you don't like the way you sound, you're editing it. So you can totally control what the end product is. And if it doesn't sound good, don't publish it and don't let other people listen to it. You know, I think one of the other things with editing, it's not something that I do often. But when I work with my kids and they do the podcasting and we don't record through Squadcast, and I was going to mention this uh, at a later time, but I'll throw it in there now. When we use uh, soundtrap to record with the kids, you know, the editing is a little bit easier just because there's, it's not just me editing it. I kind of work with them. Like, do you want to hear this? Do you like this part? So if you're doing podcasts by yourself, you know, it might be a little difficult to kind of sit back and, and listen and, and find what you want to edit. But if you're working with other people, you know, maybe having more than one ear and listening to it and hearing different things might be more beneficial to you, but that's, that's your own preference when the time comes for you to uh, to start your podcast. And that could certainly be beneficial. And I agree with you, AJ, because if we all, the three of us and you who's listening, think about some of the great podcasts you listen to. I'm sure at least everybody listens to at least one NPR produced podcast, which is not just that host editing and putting together that entire episode. 
Because if you've ever listened through to the end, they rattle off 10, 15, 20 people who helped make that episode possible. Multiple editors, people who are checking stuff over with a fine tooth comb. So for us, the little guy, the little podcasts that could or do, (laughs) you know, I, I am a podcast editing production team of one, you know? So AJ, you have a great way to teach kids because you can build little podcast teams and they can build their shows and have multiple ears and eyes, so to speak, manipulating to create that content. So that certainly is a plus. It might not work for everybody, but it's it's a good starting point for them to get used to what it looks like to to edit and to select and, and delete and kind of figure out, you know, if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world because they can undo something. So it's kind of helpful for them as middle school kids. And maybe in 2019, again, as we record this episode 44, these are all produced by me. Maybe by the end of 2019, we'll be able to, in the credits of one of these episodes, say, and today's episode was produced and edited by Stacy or by AJ. Maybe it's time to push you guys into the editor's chair a little bit. Not because I don't want, not because I don't want to do the work, but when we started this, I remember somebody, I think her name is Stacy, saying, oh yeah, I would love to do this. And maybe I could even learn a little bit along the way about editing podcasts because I would like to learn how to do that. I did say that and you are right. And I'm not going to take that away from you, but nah, it's not likely to happen. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. No. Um, and AJ, I'm with you. I have, um, I'm working very closely with a teacher now who is really taking a risk, but doing so much work to create his own podcasting network with his students. And he's using Twisted Wave and he's teaching them the ins and outs of editing their own work. So while we're not using the same um, application as you or the same platform, um, they're kind of like getting in there. And certainly our kids are capable of doing that kind of work because they do it all the time. It seems whether they're YouTube content creators or doing it for work or for schoolwork or assignments like that. Um, they're definitely out there trying. And you're right, Chris. I, maybe I'll try this summer. Not before then, though. Not before then. Not before then. <laughs> but it'll be fun, I promise. Okay. Now, see, the other thing, based on what we've talked about, we've already talked about and named a couple of programs, a couple of different ways of doing things. So there is not one way to podcast or create content. You know, the way I produce this show is completely different than how I produce the House of Ed Tech. There are different things that go into it, different media hosts, which I'll talk about in a second. And the actual technical way that the podcast works is different for these two shows, which is a little bit different than how I do Google Teacher Tribe or a little bit different than how I do Partial Credit or the Assist Learning Podcast. Because if I had to do the same thing over and over again, I'd get bored. So I'm really just trying to keep it exciting for myself in terms of the behind the scenes production part. (laughs) Um, The other thing we have here in the notes, I have the word process down and I put that down because going back to that piece about if it sounds good to you, it'll sound good to other people. What I do recommend is that when you edit audio, you do a little bit of post-processing and a little bit like seasoning can go a long way. So just a little bit of post-processing, whether it's you know using a little bit equalization, a little bit of compression, or a little bit of normalization on your audio, you want to make sure that it sounds quote unquote good or that it can be heard. You might record yourself and you know when I'm talking to these my two co-hosts, we can hear each other fine no problem. But when I go in after the fact, I do boost the volume up a little bit and kind of level it out so that way if there's a part where, you know, if I happen to be sitting back away from my microphone, you know, and my audio gets a little quieter, it brings a level up or if AJ, you know, coughs, I can take that out, that kind of thing. So it, it just speaks to Edit it a little bit. You know, you can silence gaps, whether it's GarageBand or Audacity or another sound editing program, Soundtrap, Twisted Wave. You can cut out silences. You could take out the long pauses. Uh, you can find what I call the low-hanging fruit. If I'm talking um, and every other word is um, like, you know, 
I can go in very quickly and cut those things out and put together a coherent sentence where I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> and ultimately, I'm okay if I, the host, sounds like an idiot, but I'm going to make sure that if I have a guest, I'm going to make them sound good or sound as the best that they can sound. Sometimes you're going to have to leave the um, uh, you know, in there because it runs together with something um that they're saying. So that last um that I did, I can't take that out because I ran it in between two other words speaking very quickly. So it's going to be there. But other things are just going to disappear and you'll never know that they were there or not there. Chris, I thank you for not throwing me under the bus as far as um, being the person who's not close to the mic, because usually I do sit back or I'm distracted. The other piece of the editing, talking about you know the fact that I use Audacity, a little bit about post-processing the audio, is time. It does take time to edit these episodes. So we're going to record here probably for, say, 40 to 42 minutes. And in the end, that'll probably get trimmed down anywhere from 30 to 35 minutes based on cutting out silences stuff that Stacy says she doesn't want in the episodes. <laughs> so things disappear to the cutting room floor and it does take time. And if you're just starting out, I believe a general rule is you're probably looking at a four to one ratio. So every minute of audio that you create will take four minutes to edit. So if you do a 15 minute podcast, it could take when you're starting out an hour to edit that episode. Just kind of have that in mind as you start out editing. Now, does it take me six hours to do our show? No. We are a well-oiled machine, so to speak. We have good show notes, a good outline that we work from, and that keeps the flow moving. Matt and Casey's show, Google Teacher Tribe. I can edit that show in probably 45 minutes to an hour, and they record 45 minutes to an hour, so I'm down to -to one-to-one with that show. But they get in. They know what they're saying. And they've actually done that since day one. So kudos to them. Again, just some little things to keep in mind as you maybe start on your journey in podcasting. Well, and that's, I mean, Chris, to your, not, I'm going to toot your own horn. Like you've been doing this a while, right? So like you've Boop. also honed your own skills to make this a lot easier for you. It's going to take some practice for someone like me. Like once I do start editing our show, if I ever start editing our show for real where it gets published, then it's going to sound different. And, you know, we actually, my my um, teaching partner and I, the one who's working on podcasting with me, actually, he and I recorded an episode where I interviewed him on the process that we have going on with his class. And he's releasing it for them on, actually, he just released it for them on Friday. And they'll hear it again, some of them on Tuesday, if they didn't get to it. And they're going to be editing our shows, or our, our show for, um, that we recorded for them to take out the ums and the uhs and the like long pauses and the things that sounded stupid or that you don't necessarily want to be broadcast to the world. And, and that's actually a unique exercise in that. Let, let's say maybe you tell this teacher have, let's say four or five groups edit the same thing from scratch. Oh, they're all editing it. They and all got our, them, our raw stuff. And have them each then listen to how somebody other or another couple of people edited the same conversation and see what editorial license, maybe that's the term, see what they did with the same audio. And that's going to happen. And he actually edited it. He, so many like weird endings. Uh, He um, took our episode and made some edits and that he will be releasing to them after the fact, after they've practiced their little exercise. Oh, that's really cool. Maybe we could get our hands on that audio too. No, thank you. Although I do have video of it. I recorded it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neat. All right. So next up, once you've planned it, once you've recorded it, once we've edited, 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 edited See, the podcast. <laughs> it does. Once we've, I can't even say it anymore. Once we've gone I, through the edits. Once we've gone through the edits of the podcast, now it's time to share the show. So how do we do that? The MP3 that gets created has to live somewhere. So I'm going to tell you all right off the bat, don't use SoundCloud. Just don't. Now, if you're working with students and you need a place to start, you could start there. But if you who's listening wants to start your own, and I'll say it, legitimate podcast, don't use SoundCloud. Is SoundCloud free? Is that why people start there? That's why people start there. Okay. 
but there are also people who pay for SoundCloud. But, you know, SoundCloud doesn't support podcasters. There are things that I'm not going to go into great detail here that they don't do to support what a podcaster does as a podcaster. So there are way better alternatives and even worse ones that just are better than that. So don't use SoundCloud. We use for this podcast, a website called Pippa. That's right. Pippa, P-I-P-P-A dot I-O. Now we get to thankfully host our files there for free because I started an account there while they were in beta and I'm grandfathered in and I have for the lifetime of me living and using them, I can host and start podcasts and host them on Pippa. Um, I actually don't know what the lowest level of pricing is because I don't need to know what it is. I probably should have looked it up, but they are a paid hosting site. Now you might be thinking, oh, I have a website, maybe through GoDaddy or some other web host. I'll just host my files there. Don't do that because those hosting plans were not made for hosting your media, even if it's a small audio file such as this. When it says like unlimited bandwidth and unlimited file hosting on a web host, they're talking about web page files, so HTML files, uh, image files that go into making your web page what it is. They're not talking about media where they're going to be constantly getting server requests to download your podcast episodes. Now, that being said, you could certainly do that and never have a problem, or you could do it, post your first episode and be told by your media host, yeah, we're terminating your account and you're using too many resources on the servers. Now, if any of that went over your head, email me and I'll be happy to go into more detail about that. Um, but you want to find a good media host that supports podcasting. So that's a Pippa, that's Blueberry, that's Libsyn and you know, Podbean or Spreaker, that they are podcast companies that build their infrastructure around hosting MP3 files for podcast distribution. And the other way that wait, wait, wait. so some pricing information on Pippa, because I did look it up. They have three different plans um, that are billed um, annually and your lowest growth, their growth plan. So start growing your audience or whatever is $12 per month billed annually. I think that's, um, What's 12 times 12? $144, right? Um, their influencer is $20 a month. And then their professional, and it's it's cute. At the bottom it says, your podcast is more than a side hustle. It's time to go pro. That's $50 a month. So 50 times 12 is quite a bit more. But just something to now, think what about. Now, get, what are you getting for the minimum? Does it talk about space or mm -hmm. how much? It says you, you have unlimited episodes, advanced analytics, you can import your show and you have awesome support. It says everything you need to get your podcast your podcast off the ground. Everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. And so by unlimited shows, upload as many episodes as you want. And then import your show, import an existing show, no size limits. So Now that's a good feature. So if I was looking to spend money, that would be something I would consider. Absolutely because it's not like they're giving away unlimited hosting and it's free like SoundCloud or they're charging $3 a month, which is certainly not going to be sustainable if lots of people are using their service and their servers for storage. So that's a plus. Right. And so um, the next one, the influencer has all of that plus the Exploder pack, which I think allows you to um, get your show out onto Spotify, SoundCloud, Webhooks and YouTube. And then they have a snipper video tool, which allows you to generate a transcript of your episode and create a short video snippet to share on social media. Yeah, they have some nice tools built in over there. Uh, with House of Ed Tech, I use Libsyn and I pay Libsyn $7 a month. And what I like about Libsyn is one, they've been in the business of podcast media hosting since 2004. So that's important. Oh, that's Number early. Two, they that that's super that's like right at the beginning like right at sunrise of podcasting um the other thing that i like about Lipson is they offer what's called destination publishing so when i publish an episode of house of ed tech it automatically goes into my rss feed which is what everybody who subscribes to it is subscribed to 
but then automatically when I publish it, it goes out to YouTube, it goes out to Stitcher, it goes out to Google Podcasts, it goes out to TuneIn, it goes out to you know Radio Public, it goes out to all of these what they call destinations where I don't have to manually go out and put it there. It goes out to Spotify all by itself. And the nice thing about a company like Lipson, they've got the ability to develop these relationships. So House of Tech was one of the first podcasts on Spotify because I had the in with them because they've promoted via email to the customers. Hey, if you want to get your podcast on Spotify, email us and here's what we need to know. And we'll make that happen and set it up as a destination. Same thing happened. You know, I'm trying to get into Pandora, you know, but like with this show, because it's on Pippa, I've had to manually go and submit it to all those places. But again, once it's published, it, it goes there. But I had to do the, I had to do the, I'm on an island by myself, submit my podcast to Spotify to get podcast PD on there, you know? So you just want to make sure that you're using a reputable media host. And if you've got questions, please email me, uh, feedback at chrisnessy.com, or you could send an email to feedback at podcastpd.com and somebody will get back to you shortly. <laughs> yep. Chris, your email Chris will get will back be to you shortly. <laughs> Your email will be answered in the order in which it was received. So talk to me about um, your self-hosted WordPress, because I know that that's something that you've talked about for a really long time. And my blog is not on a self-hosted WordPress, but I know that our our show and the um, site for our show is. So self-hosted WordPress is different than you going to WordPress.com and signing up for a free blog. WordPress itself is a content management system for creating websites and creating blogs that is free and open source. So WordPress.com is a part of what's known as WordPress.org. If you go to WordPress.org, you can download WordPress as software and you could upload it and run it to a web host. So for example, this website, podcastpd.com, chrisnessy.com, and all of the little things that I have my hand in, I use domain.com for web hosting, where I can create a website and I choose what content management system do I want to create that with. So obviously for podcasting, it's widely accepted to use WordPress as a content management system because a podcast is nothing more than a blog post with audio attached to it called the enclosure. But again, that's technical. I'm not going to go into detail with that. Could I run a podcast using Squarespace? Sure. It's just another content management system. Really, the, the only reason I use the self-hosted WordPress, because I'm not running a membership site. We're not running a membership site. You know, I could, if I wanted to, or we wanted to, we could offer digital downloads and we could sell things, you know, through the website, um, which... I might get into on the house of ed tech time will tell. Uh, but really the reason I use it is something so stupid, but I can create pretty links. So for example, when we say go to podcastpd.com slash 44, that's what's called a pretty link. And again, this is super silly, but if you go to that in your address bar, you're going to see podcastpd.com slash making dash podcast PD dash PPD zero four four, which is the full title, the full URL for that blog post. Um, but we're not going to say, you know, for the show notes, go to podcastpd.com slash making dash podcast PD dash PPD zero four four. Pretty links make it, it's a plugin. And that's really where with self-hosted WordPress, you can have these plugins or these add on features, you know, the same way we add extensions in Chrome, or add things to Google Sheets or Google Docs. It's these nice little things that add functionality. So self-hosted WordPress gives you so many options of things you can do with a website from e-commerce to membership sites and all, all, all sorts of things. Now we're going to toss it to AJ, who handles the promotion piece, which is just as important as creating the show. Because in order for AJ to do what he does for promoting this podcast, I could do all this great work, but without what he does and the strategies he puts into place for promoting it, 
you know, we wouldn't have the listenership that we do have. So AJ, talk about what happens once we have an episode created and out in the world. Yeah, so I, I think I have the easiest job, to be honest with you. I think you got a game promotion, so I couldn't screw it up. But it's pretty simple. You know, we use Instagram. We use Twitter. We try to put it on Facebook as much as we can. Um, I think the big thing that uh, I try to make sure I do is I use Stacy's sketch notes that she creates every episode to h- highlight some ideas that we share. And I really am a big fan of Adobe Spark, and I use that to create a post that I make a nice little – Instagram post or a square, whatever the case may be for however I'm feeling. And I try to include as much information possible from what Stacy has to make a nice, uh, make a nice post for everybody to take a peek at. And I'll share that all over the place. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, use the Instagram, Instagram stories. I think that's one of the things that stands out a lot lately because we can kind of make that live for, 24 hours and live at the top of your page if you're following us on Instagram. And I think that's, that's a big thing because it's really trying to find some ways to interact with our audience and getting a little more engagement than just, here's a picture, I'll post this and hope for the best. You know, so so with the uh, promotion piece, just always looking for new ways to to get you guys interested and, and hopefully somebody will see it and share it and I wish we can do more with clicking of links in Instagram, but I know it's hard because we don't have that functionality. But it is good that on Twitter, of course, it's our go-to, or I feel like it's the go-to, where people can kind of interact right there and get engaged just by clicking on the the link that we share out there. Yeah, the, the promotion piece certainly plays into the audience participation piece. And I think that's something where I struggle because, you know, I, I talk to a lot of podcasters who aren't in education, they're in other fields and their podcast has nothing to do with education. So that's one of the ways I learned some of the things that I'm able to learn about podcasting in general. But I've also found in in five years that those who aren't teachers on social media, they don't use Twitter well. And they are able to solicit a lot of audio feedback. And whether it's House of Ed Tech or this show, I would love to have and be overwhelmed with audio feedback of people commenting on the episodes so I could play it here on the show. But while we don't get that, we do get a lot of engagement and thank you for listening. You know, you like the posts on Instagram, you retweet the things that we put out on Twitter. You know, if we put a question out, maybe you're not inclined to go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and leave us a, a speak pipe, but you reply to our tweets or you send us an email, you know, so it's just a different form of engagement but it certainly is engagement. And that's ultimately what we want. We want people to interact with the content because let's be honest by people interacting with it, we know you're listening. So that certainly makes it worthwhile. That is very important to us. The fact that we know that you're out there and we know that you are taking part in any way is always what makes us happy. So I think that might be unless Stacy, unless you have any more questions, um, I, I think that might be a good place to stop. And again, we're, we'll hit on the how to podcast, you know, a number of times throughout the year, but I thought this would be a good place to start and just kind of talk about how we do what we do here on this podcast. I have to say guys, you know, Ada, you say you, th- you think you have like the easiest of the jobs. I think I do. I mean, I create the sketch notes. Um, I've forgotten a few times somehow Wednesday sneaks up and then, um, and then Chris always helps out with what actually shows up as far as show notes that are published on our website. So I think I have the easiest job. And you guys make it easy for this to be such a um, a great podcast to do. So I thank you for all of that. And thank you for sketchnoting. We, I mean, maybe we could talk about in a future episode a little bit about your process for not only participating in the conversation, but illustrating the conversation in real time and coming up with the ideas and how you do that and what your process is. But we'll save that for another day if that's cool with you. Sounds good. As you're showing me the ink on your fingers, because apparently you painted yourself today. <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah, my notes. Are Which good. is weird because all of your sketch notes are digital now. So I don't yeah. know where the ink came from. <laughs> and and the notes that I take while we're, while we're actually talking are done in pencil. I just feel like it glides over the paper faster. Like, I don't know, much more smoothly. 
The other thing that makes us happy, and this is a delayed transition, let's talk about what we are listening to. Who wants to go first? I mean, I'm ready to go, but I see you guys also have stuff here in the notes. So any volunteers? I can start. So there's, right, there's a podcast that I've been listening to for quite some time, and I actually put myself on hiatus for a little bit um, because it has to do with a book series that my family absolutely adores um, called Harry Potter. And my son is currently listening to the fifth book. And where I am in listening to the podcast, the host is talking about the sixth book. So I can't listen to it around the house as much as I could listen to all the previous book um, episodes because he had gotten through all of those books. So the episode I'm going to recommend is called Potterless. And I'm going to read the little blurb from the host website. So Potterless is a magical journey following Mike Schubert, a 25-year-old man, reading the Harry Potter series for the first time as he sits down with Harry Potter fanatics to poke fun at plot holes, make painfully incorrect predictions, and rant about how Quidditch is the worst sport ever invented. With his podcastic voice, uncanny sense of humor, uniquely sharp mind, and arsenal of witty and insightful guests, Mark Schubert will take you on a journey through your childhood this time with rose-tinted glasses off. People are calling Potterless hilarious and engaging, down-to-earth magic, and like watching a baby learn to walk. And I have to say, my son and I crack up. Um, there was one time when I was listening to his account of something that happens in the fifth book with my least favorite Hogwarts professor, and I immediately thought, why haven't I shared this with my sister? And so I texted her while I was at the gym, and I said, you must check this out. I can't, I'm sorry that I didn't recommend it sooner. And then she called me and said, oh my gosh, I'm dying. That is the best recommendation ever. And actually posted about it on her Facebook. So it's kind of funny. She's a 20 something and it's just kind of cool. She read them with me. Um, growing up, we went to midnight parties of the releases of the last two or three books. I forget how many. And um, it's just kind of interesting to have this 20 somethings take on all things Harry Potter. The interesting thing, I'll, if I can add just a little bit more, he starts off saying um, he, he hasn't read the books, but he's seen the first four and a half movies. He fell asleep during the fifth movie. Um, and what's what annoyed me early on was that he would always kind of mock like how juvenile the books were and how, you know, he, he was just so smart in finding, um, you know, being able to make the predictions but all I kept thinking was, dude, you know everything about this movie because you've seen it already. Or you know everything about the book because you've seen the movie already. So, like, don't credit yourself too much because he just keeps going on about how these books are written for children. But eventually you can see his tone shifts and he has his respect for the series and J.K. Rowling's writing really, really grows. So it's kind of neat, neat to see his evolution. And it is hysterical. I'm going to recommend two and I'll start with one that actually I just found out about today. So today is, we're recording this on January 20th. And if you have the ability to go back and watch CBS Sunday Morning from today, they did a whole segment on podcasting, which was really well done. And at the end, one of the guys who is a regular reporter, journalist on CBS Sunday Morning, Mo Rocca, he's got a new podcast out that they teased called Mobituaries, which I immediately saw the segment and subscribed. So I am subscribed to this and I'm ready to listen to the teaser and the first episode because they teased it on CBS Sunday morning. So here's the description. Mo Rocca's long love of obituaries has led him to create Mobituaries, an irreverent but deeply researched appreciation of the people and things of the past who have long intrigued him. From an unsung founding father to the first Chinese American superstar, from Neanderthals to the station wagon. In the episode that they teased, he talked about a man whose name escapes me, so I apologize, who back in the late 50s and early 60s was a huge John F. Kennedy impersonator. He, he did a whole comedy bit where he impersonated John F. Kennedy and Von Meter. A, Von Meter, yes, produced a comedy album called The First Family where it was a whole spoof on the Kennedys as if they were everyday people, you know, what would JFK and 
Jackie Kennedy be talking about doing on a Saturday night. And they have like these little, like it's a comedy album. The same way you go get like Chris Rock or a Robin Williams album. It was a comedy album centered all around spoofing the Kennedys. And just how this guy was like a superstar overnight was on all these late fifties game shows. And, you know, at one point he did a bit and they showed it in the clips on, in the video on, on TV about him talking about, you know, there's, I'm not going to do a Kennedy impression, but you know, this is Von Meter doing the Kennedy impression saying, Oh, there are, there, there's this, been this guy out there who's been impersonating me for three and a half years. And he's talking about like Kennedy is doing an impression of him. So I, I, I found it funny. Um, but that all came to a screeching halt in November of 1963 when oh. JFK was assassinated. Um, and actually, one thing that I found where I was like, you know, that's not fair was Jackie Kennedy commented on this album and this guy's whole shtick in 1964. That's the first time she publicly commented on it, which was after he was assassinated, which I don't think was fair because they also showed clips of Kennedy acknowledging that this was happening about him and he seemed to get a kick out of it. So if you go to mobituaries.com, you could check out this podcast hosted by Mo Rocca from CBS Sunday morning. I know, I know Mo Rocca. I've seen him before in some comedy things and he's a funny guy. So hopefully the podcast will be enjoyable for, uh, for our listeners. Uh, for my recommendation, I'm going to give a recommendation that I threw out there during the 12 days of podcast PD. So my last recommendation was for the show, The Corp. I talked about the shows in general because it was a new show at that point. And now I got the opportunity to listen to one of the episodes with uh, one of the guys I really enjoy listening to. And that's Gary V, who I know his, his ideas. Gary, Gary V. Uh, his ideas are totally out there. He's totally ridiculous. And. You know, he's a motivational guy, but there was just something about this episode that uh, that I enjoyed. And if you don't know who Gary V is, I mean, first of all, check him out. He's a, you know, he's just, he's a successful businessman, entrepreneur. Uh, he's also an author, a speaker, and uh, you can find him all over social media these days, especially on his Instagram. Uh, but in this episode, they got into talking about the MLB, Major League Baseball, and ideas of how to fix MLB and what they could do to uh, boost engagement and and uh, just kind of getting out there for, for young people. And what I re- really liked about this episode is just how candid he was about what it takes to be successful and what he would do in certain situations and just not about sports, but about life and, you know, drive and determination for wanting to do more. So listening to him and, and Alex Rodriguez, especially if you know his background as a baseball player and the turmoil he faced, um, just listening to those two guys talk about their experiences and what they did in their life to become successful. I just thought it was a motivating uh, little podcast that I was listening to as I was working out. So, you know, it's something that was really good. You know, it's a little more than an hour. So you have to actually put some time into this one, but I think uh, that's one recommendation. And another recommendation I'll give, if you want to go education, big shout out to our guy, JP Presidento uh, and his, in his podcast, he's doing some great things with the bits and bites of education. Uh, I listened to one of the episodes recently um episode 13 uh the first year administrator's journey so i was a big fan of that one as well so i'll throw two two in there one education and one sports and management i guess we'll throw that we'll call it that one yeah aj did you listen to the one with uh with a where they they talked to francesa i heard amazing things about that one i couldn't get through I can't stand Mike Francesa, so I didn't actually get through the entire episode. I, I watched the, they, they had the whole thing on YouTube, so I, I did check it out there. Um, but again, based on your recommendation, I have subscribed to the podcast, so I will definitely go back and check out the Gary V episode. And yeah, JP Prez is crushing it with the bits and bites of education, so make sure you subscribe and check that one out as well. Now, while we don't have feedback for our show, we do have one more recommendation because Again, on a first-come, first-served basis, we are about to promote another education podcast straight from the mouth of said educator. So here we go. This is the Teaching Space podcast by Martine Ellis. So here's a little promo for the podcast called The Teaching Space. 
Hello, I'm Martine from the Teaching Space podcast. The podcast is for teachers and trainers who want to love their jobs and be amazing teachers without taking work home for evenings or weekends. The show covers a wide variety of themes, including technology for learning and productivity. Episodes are released weekly, term time only, and tend to be bite-sized to fit in with your busy schedule. Find out more at theteachingspacepodcast.com. Thank you, Martine, for sending that in. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Martine, she is on Twitter at Martine Guernsey, and there'll be a link to her Twitter in the show notes for this episode. And you can also email her at hello at theteachingspace.com. And thank you for sending that in. And hopefully, uh, if you listen to that, tell Martine that you heard about her podcast on this one. And now with that, if you have an education podcast that you'd like us to share and promote here on Podcast PD. We would love to hear about it. Just go to podcastpd.com slash promote your podcast. And there's a little Google form there where you could tell us a little bit about your podcast. And if like Martine, you have a little bit of an audio promo for your show, please upload it and we will play it here on the episode. Sounds good. And I'm excited to check out all of your recommendations. Although my podcast player I don't know, something happened. And I know we haven't done my number recently or lately, but um, I'm going to tell you what it is. And then, Chris, maybe you can figure out what happened. So right now, I am currently at 1864. So by the time I... What the hell did you just say? I know. 1864. 1,864 shows. And part of it is because I'm like in the throes of listening to um, Michelle Obama's Becoming... And it's amazing. And I haven't listened to any podcasts this weekend. So that happens when I get into a really good audiobook. I stop listening to podcasts only on the weekends because I don't drive around as much. And my routine is kind of thrown off. I went from 1500 to 1800 in the span of like eight hours. And I think there's something wrong with Overcast. So maybe you can help me figure that out. On Wednesday, I know I had 15 and change because I was doing um i had a pd session that day where i was sharing my podcast and i was sharing the love of listening to podcasts with my faculty and we looked down and i was like oh yeah i have 1500 shows i'll get to them and then all of a sudden the next morning i woke up and there were 300 extra shows on there and i cannot figure out where they came from because i did not add a single new show or episode did any of those 300 additional show up as new where you could go into your lists or different shows to see which ones had new episodes? Mm-mm. I mean, I can double check my notifications, but I don't even know if I still have notifications from Wednesday. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but I mean, the only thing I could think of and maybe, I mean, it would be weird if multiple podcasts you subscribe to do this, but I know that Jeff Sanders, Ugh, with the 5 that's killing Miracle, me. he has, this week I noticed a lot of his older episodes coming back as new because what he's doing is he's going back into those episodes and he's putting in a little thing at the beginning talking about the fact that you can pay to get advertisement-less episodes of the 5AM Miracle, 5AM Pro, where it's the episodes without the ads he does. And now he's going back into his old episodes to put a little bumper at the beginning promoting the 5AM Pro version of the podcast, which is causing his episodes to re-download. But again, that's a very unique case, so I don't think other podcasts you're subscribed to are re-releasing old episodes. Yeah, it was just something quirky. So I should be about 1,500, but 300 overnight, certainly not something that I did. What she's not telling us, AJ, is she subscribed to like 30 mm-hmm. new podcasts. I did not. No. Well, speaking of quirky, Stacy, do the magic. All right. Well, we enjoyed our time with you. We hope that you enjoyed your time with us, but it is time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, Podcast PD. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. 
You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We'd also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com forward slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague. And if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.